Welcome to Leadership Lessons. I'm Todd Gray, the Executive Director for the Kentucky Baptist Convention. Leadership Lessons is a program where we talk to faithful leaders who are making an impact for the gospel. Hello and welcome to another episode of Leadership Lessons. I'm Rob Patterson, Evangelism Team Leader with the Kentucky Baptist Convention. I'm sitting in today as guest host for our Executive Director Treasurer, Dr. Todd Gray. Excited to be with our special guest, J.J. Washington, as we discuss today embracing evangelism. Hey, J.J., welcome and thank you for your willingness to be a part of Leadership Lessons. Well, I'm certainly glad to be here. I appreciate it, Rob. It's always good to talk with you, brother. So thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, let me tell you just a little bit about Dr. J.J. Washington. In July of this year, he became the National Director of Personal Evangelism for the North American Mission Board. He was called to NAM from the Mission Board staff of the Georgia Baptist Convention, where J.J. was serving as the lead evangelism catalyst for the state. His leadership journey, at least the part I know of, began as he was a collegiate athlete and since surrendering to a call to vocational ministry. J.J. has experience serving the local church as a youth pastor, an associate pastor, a very successful and fruitful church planner. He has a Master of Arts degree in leadership. He also has a Master of Divinity degree, holds also a Doctor of Ministry degree. J.J., I think you also still serve as adjunct professor at your alma mater, Luther Rice Seminary and University, where he teaches pastoral ministry courses. Perhaps most importantly of all, he's been married to his lovely wife, Tamara, for 19 years now. They got two amazing teenage children, Jarius and Jayla. Incredibly excited to have you with us on Leadership Lessons, JJ. We want to make the most of the brief time we have together. So how about we jump right into these questions? Absolutely. Certainly. So how will you be encouraging evangelism in this new role God has called you to at the North American Mission Board? Yes, uh, it's it's two areas um, that we're going to focus on. Number one, the encouraging or inspiring, motivating, whatever word you want to use there. That's one piece of it. And then the other piece is equipping. So it's it's just a two-edged sword. And we'll do that um, directly, like via NAM events. We'll have some NAM evangelism trainings. We're in the process of developing the content for that now. And we expect in the fall to begin having those trainings across the nation. And then also we'll do some of this uh, indirectly uh, through state evangelism conferences, such as uh, Kentucky Baptist, other state conventions. So we want to partner well uh, with all of our state conventions and just come alongside what they're already doing in their state and just see how we can help, whether it's, it's, it's preaching or if it's just coming in and doing a breakout on evangelism. But we definitely want to work through our partners as well and then we'll have some um, direct events also so so that's that's the that's the uh, approach that we are in process of rolling out soon mm -hmm. so jj you have experience of having served in the local church you had experience of serving on the staff at georgia baptist convention as well and, and trying to encourage Georgia Baptist in the area of evangelism. Now the Lord's called you to this national role. And so what are some of the lessons maybe you've learned of, of serving in those different roles that are impacting how you're thinking about? So for example, you were just talking about trying to partner well with state conventions like the Kentucky Baptist Convention and others across. And so how has your experience local church, Georgia Baptist Convention, influencing the way you're thinking about encouraging evangelism now on a national scale? You know, I, I'm really grateful for the for the journey. I, I had no idea that it was lead to where I am now and being able to do what I what I'm doing now with just working with all the state conventions and, and just dear brothers like yourself. 
One of the things I'm very grateful for is when I first transitioned from the local church to begin to work with the, at the state convention, Georgia Baptist Mission Board, I was a regional consultant. So I was doing a lot of work with a set of certain number of churches, 600 churches inside of the West Central. Uh, there were 11 associational mission strategists inside of that area. So it was a large area, a lot of churches. But one of the things that I, I quickly began to learn was, it's just, man, I want to work well with these associational mission strategists and partner effectively, effectively with them. I certainly didn't want to do anything like reinvent the wheel or, or do anything that might undercut what they were already doing in that area. So I just tried to find a way to partner effectively with them so that I could help them help their pastors. And then when I moved into the state role, I had the whole state of Georgia. So now obviously there were 99 associations. And so again, just trying to do the same thing, work strategically in each of those regions with those AMs. And so now I find myself in this seat um, at the North American Mission Board, and I'm trying to do the same thing that I learned there with our state directors of evangelism across North America and just partnering well, uh, trying to encourage, trying to support, trying to resource, um, whatever we can do uh, to, to really help them be effective in raising the temperature for evangelism in their state. Here's what I know, that me and Tim Dowdy and just a few people at NAM is not, it's not going to get done. <laughs> we, 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 we need an army. So what we're trying to do is mobilize the tribe uh, of Southern Baptists all across this nation to make known the gospel. And doing that, we believe, will move the needle in evangelism. And so that's what we're really simply trying to do right now. So, so again, to answer your question, I'm really grateful for that journey because I can see how the Lord was using each stop to kind of prepare me for what I'm doing now. So thank you. Yeah, well, grateful for your evangelistic faithfulness and leadership, J.J., in each of those roles uh, whereby the body of Christ has recognized uh, those attributes in you as an evangelistic leader and God's hand upon your life and continued to kind of give you new opportunities. And we're excited you're in the seat that you are and appreciate the spirit that you're articulating. And yet you're so correct. Those associational mission strategists that we have across the state of Kentucky, uh, they're such incredibly faithful brothers and they're working really hard mm -hmm. to try and help yeah. their local churches uh, to be effective in evangelism and making disciples locally and across the state and globally. And they're key partners and, and we're grateful for the spirit that you bring into that. So, hey, we're talking, JJ, about personal evangelism yeah. and again it has been recognized in you as being a very faithful uh, evangelistic leader you've done that in a local church state and now nationally uh, what are a couple of tools or methods that for you personally JJ as you're trying to share the gospel what have you found to be really helpful yeah that's a good question what I what I try to do personally is just try to have a lot of different tools in the toolbox and, and just let the Holy Spirit pull out whatever one he wants to use in every encounter. So I don't try to go in and say, okay, I'm gonna do this, but just be sensitive to how the Holy Spirit's working. So if it's if it's my testimony, uh, that's in there. If it's, if it's three circles, that's in there. If it's best news, that's in there. If it's no sweat evangelism, if that's in there. Um, I love what our brother Matt Queen says out in, uh, in, in, in Texas when he talks about, you know, uh, uh, evangelization without memori memorization. So if you know enough of the gospel to be saved by it, you certainly know enough of it to share it. So sometimes I'm using no tool whatsoever. <laughs> I just find myself in the conversation and explaining the gospel. And so, uh, I, so I just try to be very sensitive. So for me personally, I think it's, 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 it's good. My advice would be just to 
have as many tools as you can and, and be prayerful and be sensitive to how the Holy Spirit wants to work in every encounter. Uh, you know, just looking at Philip, for an example, in Acts chapter 8. Uh, I remember one time, and I had read that many times. And then one day I was reading it, and I was just paying attention a lot more closely, I guess. But it just hit me when it said, and the Spirit said, hmm. go and overtake the chariot. Yeah. So, so, so that sensitivity, yeah. you know, to the what the Holy Spirit was saying in that moment. And he said, go over and overtake the chariot. And Philip went over, and, you know, we know the rest of the story, led the man to faith. So, so again, just that reliance... Uh, on the Holy Spirit in every encounter. What I found is it's usually different. <laughs> it's, it's usually different. So so that would be the best advice that I could say is just equipping yourself with as many tools as you can and then being sensitive to which one the Holy Spirit wants to use in every encounter that you, that you have. Yeah, that's great, JJ. So when you were pastoring in the local church, you were trying to equip your, your church members so yes. that they could live out exactly what you just described. What did that look like for you in a normal kind of calendar year of serving in the local church? How did you go about equipping your people for evangelism? That's a good question. One of the things that we did is we had ongoing trainings that we offered and we were using an approach called the Great Commission Initiative, GCI is what we did. And we reused the community as a, uh, uh, for field training. I mean, so the, so the, it wasn't necessarily a, a door knocking strategy, but we used that as an opportunity to give people field experience so they could be comfortable when they were just going about their everyday lives. And so we did go out into the community as part of our training. So there was a there was a content component where we were like in the classroom learning uh, things like abiding in Christ, um, uh, uh, prayer as the foundation, uh, um, clarity on the gospel understanding the mission of God, you know, all those different types of things are important. So the why, before we get into the what, and then before we get into the how. And so, and then we would go out into the field and we would model it for them mm -hmm. um, and let them see it. So the first encounters I might have, and usually we would go out where it was two males and a female, the female would be in the middle, two males on the end, we'd go up knock on the door. And the people that were in training didn't have to say anything. They would just see us do it. Mm -hmm. And then that next opportunity, uh, not in that particular moment, but a couple of weeks later, then they go back out. And then this time it's kind of an assisting situation where they're assisting with that conversation, getting some, getting some comfort there. And then the next time we went out, then they were leading and we were kind of observing them so we could offer coaching. But we would always go back at the conclusion of every time we went out and we would talk about what we learned and what God did, not what we did, but what God accomplished. And we always celebrated, even if people believed or not, that the fact that the gospel was shared, we can mm -hmm. celebrate that the gospel was heard. Mm -hmm. And and so, because um, uh, the results um, don't belong to us. Uh, J.I. Packer and Evangelism and Sovereignty of God, a small book, I still have it in my library. I remember getting that book in seminary, but one of the things he would say in that book, that he said in that book is a quote of his, he says, evangelism is man's work, but salvation is God's work. Yeah. And so it's a, so I always, that, that's something that's always stuck with me. So anyway, but that's what we would do in our local church, uh, just to equip our folks. And so that's very important, I think, for pastors to do, to have some level of training, some process where you're walking folks through. Yeah, that's so good. That, that's really helpful. Let me summarize, if I can, bullet points, what some of the really important things I heard you say. One is, is that you always celebrate just 
the obedience, obedience of sharing the gospel and trusting yep. God with the results. That's that's so true yep. for evangelism. Our part is to share, and, and that's that's the victory for us is obedience to share the gospel. So celebrating that. But I loved what you were talking about. So you had an equipping component, but built into that was opportunities for them to get some immediate reps. Yep. And what I really like, JJ, is opportunity to go out, and you talked about those key phases. So initially you're modeling this is what it looks like so they could see how it works. You begin to transition, assisting them, allowing them to take the lead but not feel like they're all the way out front, and then right. stepping back more, letting them step out and try to share the gospel, watching and encouraging them, and then an opportunity to process together with them. How did it go? What did God do? Giving glory to God, but also learning from those experiences. That's, that's all really good, really helpful. Thank you for, for sharing that. If, if a local church leader is looking for one way to really help his church move forward, you've just given them some really great ideas. What would be one or two key things you would say, JJ, to the leader in the local church if they want to help their people grow in evangelism? That's a good one. I think because because here's what I've what I've seen, uh, and there, there there's certainly occasions where where God has done this and can continue to do this. Mm. What I've seen is that it, it's rare that people go from cold to bold like overnight. You know, um, what you usually see is a process where people might be initially they're cold and then their hearts begin to warm and then they're like. Okay, I, I feel you know they're 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 a little bit more confident inviting people to church. Um, then they might move from inviting people to church to, to be willing to hand out a gospel track, and then they might be moving willing from that to be able to pray for somebody. And then after that, you know, then the, so, so I've seen it kind of being a, a process of mm -hmm. just uh, uh, growing in just that boldness to talk about Jesus. Um, and so I think if if pastors can. Um, uh, number one, encourage their folks. And again, I say encourage, not beat. That's very important. When I was an event, when I was a state director of evangelism <laughs> and we had our uh, evangelism conferences yes. and I would bring in speakers, I always told them, do not beat up my pastors. Mm. Lift yeah. them up, encourage them. They already know what they're supposed to do. They just, just encourage them. Yeah. So I would say the same to pastors, encourage encourage your folks start there then i would say be patient with them as god works in their lives to grow them to a place where they feel more i guess you would say comfortable sharing jesus and i would also say just help them to grow grow that competence mm -hmm. and so finding a way uh, for your church that fits your unique context developing some type of process that you are going to walk people through i think if you do have that um, number one, those people that go out to the field, here's what I saw, when they go out to the field with you and they begin to see what God does, and then they go back and they're telling the stories in the hallways and people are like, really, Sister Sarah went out and did that? Man, I certainly, if Sister Sarah went, I certainly need to get in the game, you know, whatever, right? Brother Bill, man, oh no. You know, so they begin to kind of, uh, talk about it at the water cooler and in the hallways and then you begin to see that momentum the momentum comes and don't let and then let somebody get baptized um you know they see that especially in churches where they hadn't seen a baptism in a long time or something like that that's a momentum so you'll begin to see god just begin to give you some wins that will just create some momentum but i would just say here start here encourage uh, begin to teach teach faithfully the importance of why we should share the gospel 
Uh, pray for your people and that God will move on their hearts and just creating them a passion for evangelism. Uh, create some sort of process that you personally could just walk your people through to equip them so they're comfortable and competent in sharing the gospel and then leave the results to God, you know? And so that's that, those are some things I would just say, some little practical things that they can do. That's really good. Thank you for that, JJ. Mm -hmm. As we know, the gospel is unchanging. Our culture is constantly changing around us. Yes. And we've seen the pace of cultural change, I would argue, accelerated by the yes. pandemic, not necessarily created or caused, but, but it's certainly expediated by that. And so as you're thinking about evangelism on a national scale, what are some new challenges or obstacles that you're perceiving for our folks to be able to faithfully share the gospel in our current context? You're right, the gospel does not change. It's still the power of God to salvation. The only thing that we have to repackage is our approach in this world today in terms of how we share it. And that's what we're trying to work through, you know, with different, uh, with different, with the different cultural nuances and the changes that are occurring and stuff like that. How can we get a hearing? You know, how can we get the conversation going? Um, so that's what we're really trying to help people walk through with cross-cultural evangelism, uh, you know, uh, you know, engaging the LBGTQ uh, community, uh, just 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 those unique uh, groups that are out there. How can we effectively engage them with the gospel? Because you're right, it's different today than it was. <laughs> Man, since even 2019 seems like it was a long time ago, right? When you That's look right. back on it, <laughs> it's just, it's just certainly, mm -hmm. certainly a different time. So, so that's what we're hearing as we're talking to, um, SDOE, state directors of evangelism across the state, as we're talking to the pastors and stuff like that. A lot of what we're hearing is we need help in trying to engage uh, people with the gospel in today's cultural context, because, one obstacle is, is that there's a lot of distrust out there towards Christians. That's one of the, um, I guess you would say barriers that are out there that we're trying to work through just because of different, um, it could be uh, different stereotypes about Christians that, 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 that are out there. It could be some, 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 some of our own self-inflicted things, you know, um, that, you know, that, that, that we have done. Um, with reference to, you know, when during the pandemic and the political uproar and all that was going on, the racial tensions and just some of that, you know, the way that was handled probably uh, didn't really help us at times when you, from the, from the, from, from, from people looking in, from the outside looking in at us. And so just trying to overcome those obstacles and regain that trust mm -hmm. and then get adhering to the gospel. Yeah, no, that, that's really good. That, that relational building of trying to overcome some of those lack of trust issues. W would you agree also, JJ, that as there's less familiarity today with, with scripture and, and foundational discipleship, but yes. also uh, people's starting point is not neutral. There's so much in media and culture around us that is anti-Christian or, or pushing yep. in. Uh, that, that our folks probably going to have to grow and be more comfortable with gospel conversations that might be ongoing as opposed to a gospel present. Now, I'm, I'm all for, as you know, the gospel presentations and right. using that to guide the conversations, but right. uh, we're, we're not finding as many folks 
who, uh, who are as far along in their exposure to the gospel as we might have just a few years ago. So yeah. would you agree that our folks probably need to begin to learn some tools and a comfort level of having maybe ongoing gospel conversations with those that they yeah. can? Uh, for some of the people in our lives, we can only have that one opportunity. And we want to share as much of the gospel as we can in that one moment. But would you yeah. agree with that? And if so, uh, what might that look so. like for you? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And, um, uh, you know, when you realize in this context that we're in, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not going to be, in most cases, not going to be a one and done. Um, and, and historically, we've had a lot of instances where that was the case. Like you share the gospel, boom, they get saved and believe that day. Like, man, all right, right. But a lot of times those folks has some type of background with Christianity, even though they weren't believers. Myself, for example. If you had came to me prior to me accepting Christ in college and asked me, you know, uh, you know, what did I identify as, you know, which religion, I would have said I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. I, I actually had a cross on my tattooed on my arm. I had a gold chain of the cross, a piece of jewelry. But what I realized is that um, when the gospel was shared, that I never repented and believed the gospel. I never mm -hmm. surrendered my life to Jesus. I just had went to church and was around it. And so, so I was like, literally like low hanging fruit, if you would, you know, if I could use that word. Um, but a lot of times when I'm meeting people today, they don't have that background. I might mention gospel, they don't even know what that means. Yeah. You know? Right. And so, um, so you're starting, as you just indicated, where there's really not a lot of familiarity. And so you gotta be patient and walking them through the gospel. And just it's going to be a period of time and just be willing to kind of go that crock pot approach as opposed to the microwave approach and just mm -hmm. sharing the gospel with them. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. JJ, this, this podcast is called Leadership Lessons. Mm -hmm. Could you share with me about an experience that you've had that really shaped your approach or your understanding of what leadership is? You know... <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing when you when you read that credential about that master of arts and I was thinking about that master of arts and leadership because I remember getting that degree and then getting my first leadership assignment and failing <laughs> but I fell forward um, you know one of the things that I learned from that experience was um, when you're given a position um, people at that time, you, I mean, they have to follow you. I mean, you've been appointed as the, the leader, but you don't want to stay at that level. And this is something that I remember reading later on in Five Levels of Leadership was the book uh, that Maxwell wrote. But anyway, you want to move into that leading through relationship. Well, I'm not necessarily leaning on my title. I'm not leaning on my position uh, to, 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 to move the ball down the field, but I'm, I'm leaning into building relationships with the people that um, I'm serving alongside. And then you lead through relationships. I, I think that's probably the one of the most effective things that I learned. And then uh, just being willing to be able to um, uh, uh, share responsibility with people, um, uh, allow people to really uh, utilize the gifts that God has given them. What I found is when people are, feel like they're being used and the gifts that God has given them is being utilized in, in the ministry context in which they find themselves, uh, they find a lot of fulfillment there. And so, uh, and satisfaction serving there. But if not, then they may move on uh, because they may not feel like they're being used. The gifts that God has given them is being utilized. So I think recognizing gifts, letting people utilize their gifts, 
um, and, and just uh, building those solid relationships with people, having a clear direction on clarity on what you're trying to accomplish, what we're going to do, um, how we're going to get there, what it looks like when we get there, uh, what are the values that are going to drive us there. Um, just providing all that types of clarity helps people as well um, really enjoy their experience because they're not confused about what we should be doing, how we're going to do it, when it's going to get done, what it's going to look like. There's, there's clarity there. Um, so those are some of the things that um, over, over the years that I've just tried to, uh, I guess, uh, 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 fold into my approach on leading. Clarity, relationships, um, and also just modeling. Brother, I feel the weight of this role. If I'm going to be out encouraging and equipping people to share the gospel, then guess what? I better be doing it myself. And so I think as a leader, um, we want to model uh, what we expect to see in others. And um, that gives you credibility as well as you stand before others and try to say, you know, here's the direction we're going. So I think uh, the law of picture, people do what people see. And so just leading in such a way like that as well. So those are just some 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 quick things that I that I've learned over the years. That's really good. Uh, a phrase that Dr. Gray uses in leading us here at the Kentucky Baptist Convention is he will oftentimes remind us that ministry partnership, it runs at the pace of relationships. And mm. so really kind of learning to, to lead with our people. And, and that concept of failing forward is so helpful because all of us are going to have mistakes that we make, uh, probably on a regular basis, JJ, if we're to be honest, but learning how to leverage those and learning how to, to, keep, to fail forward, as you said, growing in the sanctification, the trust of the Lord. And uh, you do have a, a weight on your shoulders in that seat, but uh, I would take this opportunity to say publicly what I've said to you privately before. I, I'm personally thankful God's called you to the role. We've seen how you've led in other contexts, and we're excited as, as Southern Baptists to, to have you there, and we're praying God will use you to encourage evangelism. Hey, my last question, you were talking about modeling, JJ, uh, what we're asking others to do. Could you share with us a recent experience where you've personally tried to share the gospel and how you got into that conversation and just quickly how it went? We won't be able to tell the whole story, but could you just share what that has looked like for you recently? Yeah, the recent one was with my wife. She just had a surgery, so I was at the hospital. She was, you know, in the hospital, and the guy, Zeke, was coming in, taking care of her. But he was so kind, so, so, so kind. And so eventually, as we were, you know, getting ready to leave, I said, hey, Zeke, brother, do you do you mind if I ask you a question? It's a, it's a personal question about... Uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, Jesus. And so, bro brother, if you, if, if you don't want to talk about it, and I understand that's, some, that's a new technique I've used at times, just to see if God's working. Because if they tell me no, then I just continue to move on, pray for them, and just trust God to continue to work and wait for another opportunity when they might be ready. They usually circle back to the person that tried to share with them when something hits them in their life and they want to learn more. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah. so what I did is he said, no, go right ahead, shoot. And so I went right into the gospel, had an opportunity to share with him, come to find out he was a Muslim. He did not get saved in that hospital that day, but we had a great conversation about the Lord. Um, he shared with me his interpretation of what he believes Jesus, who he, believe, who he believes Jesus to be. I was able to talk about, you know, what we believe and stuff like that. But again, it was just, here's what it all comes back to. Boldness. Just asking the question. You know what I mean? And so he did, and he allowed, when I did, he allowed me to have that conversation with him. And then yesterday, just going through the drive-thru at a restaurant, I always keep gospel tracks on him. Ask the same question. Sometimes I'll just go direct, hey, brother, do you know Jesus? 
do you know Jesus? And he said to me, you know what? I actually do. I said, well, okay, well, praise the Lord for that. Well, here, I want you to take this gospel track and I want you to share the gospel with someone else today as well. And so anyway, you just try to be sensitive yeah. to how the Lord is working in every encounter. But those are just two that just come to mind from recent recent days. Those are awesome examples, JJ. Thank you for your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, for your modeling of what it looks like to be intentional in evangelism. Thank you for taking this role at the North American Mission Board. And we're really grateful for your willingness to join us on Leadership Lessons today. This has been a great conversation. I know it'll be an encouragement and hopefully a help uh, to pastors and leaders across Kentucky and beyond. Thanks so much for being on Leadership Lessons, JJ. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to Leadership Lessons. This program is made possible by the generous contributions by Kentucky Baptist through the cooperative program. For more information about the Kentucky Baptist Convention, go to kybaptist.org. And for news about how Kentucky Baptist churches are making a difference, go to kentuckytoday.com.